Roderick on the Line is sponsored by Instapaper, the critically acclaimed app that saves web pages to read later. Get it now at instapaper.com or search for Instapaper in the App Store. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> why, why did you sniff? Uh, why, did, why, why did you smirk at me? Uh, you made, there was a noise. Yeah. And uh, it sounded like you were f- falling onto your chair and then onto your mic. <laughs> and then I, I started to laugh, but then I ended up laughing because I thought maybe you were doing that old guy thing. Where, you know, old guys, <laughs> you, you know, as you get older, you have a way of getting into and out of chairs. You, f- you kind of go. And like fall into a chair? Do I? Did you do the kick to get out? Oh, do I ever? Did you, I bet your dad did the kick. Did your dad this do was, a kick to well, get no, out? Dad, no, dad. <laughs> did he have one of those lifty chairs? No, later on in life, what he did was he fell to the floor and then worked his way up the wall. But, uh, but no, no, he always he was he was an, he was an athlete. My dad knew he was, how to, good, he was good with chairs. Yeah, he knew how to center himself, get his center of gravity, and then up. No, my problem in this instance was you called and I was looking at something else and i reached for my headphones mm-hmm. and uh, i i grabbed my coffee cup instead and i almost <laughs> poured it on on top of my head i almost <laughs> put my coffee cup on my head like it was my headphones i don't want right to go meta but could we please have a little bit of fan art of that <laughs> maybe as a, as a small animated gif i was you know i was looking i was, I was looking away and i reached out and there, everything on my desk is black black phone black microphone black headphones is black that right phone. yeah huh. except for my except for my bell which is orange you get an orange bell I have an orange bell because it is uh, it is from an old board game that involved a bell. I don't remember the game. I don't remember even ever playing the game, but I got it for Christmas, and it had a bell, like a the type of bell that would sit on the uh, at the check in of an old fashioned hotel. But it's painted orange, and I've Ooh. I've loved it. I've had it my I've had it my whole. I mean, I I got I got it when I was like five or something, and I. I it might be have. it might be that old Parker Brothers game about uh, that Northern Ireland game about uh, mm. uh, marching season. Mm. Mm-hmm. The that's, troubles. Well, that's, it was a, called the troubles, right? Sorry, the troubles. <laughs> now that's funny. It comes with a Pop-O-Matic. That's good. <laughs> wow, my, my, that was such a stupid, like fake smart joke, and you totally saved it. Oh, my well, grandmother. What, sorry, we're, here. we're here. We're here for each other. In no, that way. I, I absolutely feel that way. My grandmother, she. Uh, as she got older, you know, she eventually uh, passed because of the Alzheimer's, hmm. but, which is funny. But uh, yeah. Well, but, you know, they, they, they die, old people. But, you know, it's, it's pretty consistent. Yeah, it's one of those things where if it's not Alzheimer's, it's going to be something. It's like meeting a girl in a bar. Like, it's really consistent that it's just going to go a certain way. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, uh, long before uh, I think we even had those names, uh, things were... You know how it is. Which names? Hmm? Oh, like like uh, you know the names of doctors you discovered. and grandmother and stuff. Well, yeah, we just we just back then you used to used to call it not you know you don't want to say senile. You'd say you get you know. You oh, get, I see. Right. So, no senile. Of course, you. That's what we called it, right? Oh, sure, as senile. you do. But it was this, it was this, it was a slog. It was a slow go. Like for a while, she was still like doing lots of stuff in her yard and going yeah. to the store, and everything was fine. And and. Over time, over a period of like five to eight years, like weirder and weirder shit started happening. You started and walking out into the Oki Finoki swamp, and no, no, we weren't Finoki uh, adjacent. But oh. the, the the main thing was she kept she drive over to our house and uh, she would just have. That's good. She was still driving. Well, she would have <laughs> she would have at first small dents in the car. 
right? That first she was not aware of, right? And then when she saw it, she would she would slough it off, you know, like it was a pimple or something. She'd say, "Oh, sure. that's 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 just that's nothing." Yeah, hail! It was hail. And when we, hail, it could have been hail, hail very specific hail. <laughs> And then when we kind of like eventually we started to kind of take her to task on this because you know well can, grandma can you tell us a little bit more about the dent mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, a la your headphones and black desk problem she always had a reason uh, and at one point she did actually complain about the size and clarity of stop signs. Oh right, well that is a that's something we should write our Congress people about. Yeah, she- if stop signs were only twice as big and twice as clear. Yeah, and this is does this does this feed at all into your uh, into the super train notion of, of where stop signs will fit into things? Do you have a solution for somebody like my grandmother? God, uh, traffic God, God circles. Rest her soul. There, oh. should, there shouldn't be stop signs. There should be traffic circles. But more importantly, I think the solution to the problem with your grandmother, yeah, like the solution to the problem that I had with my dad as he got older. My dad did not go senile at all. He was sharp as a tack, all too sharp. But he began to drive his car up on the sidewalk with with a concerning regularity because I think he just stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> he would come, he'd come into an intersection at a, at a, or, you know, into a, like, he'd make a corner, let's say, at a speed that he felt was appropriate. And he would, he'd just cut the angle. Mm-hmm. And he'd go up onto the sidewalk and he would, I mean, when when I inherited my dad's car, hoopty hoopty number two, hoopty number two, it had a broken axle. <laughs> it had the entire front end was wrecked. It was, and and it was the same thing. I would I would get in his car and I'd say, Dad, your car's got a weird shimmy, and he'd go, What? No, it's always been like that. <laughs> and I'd say, No, it's not. It hasn't always been like that. I feel like I am on a. I feel like we are driving in a, on a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Uh, it, it, there, it has no, it's not tracking the road and he'd go, what? No, no, no. It's, that's how it came from the factory. And eventually, uh, I determined that he was just, he was, he was basically one, he was one small stroke away from driving through a farmer's market at 65 miles an hour. Oh, that's horrible. (laughs) And so my solution to your grandmother and my aging father and everyone's aging parents senile or no is that as you get older there you should have to take more frequent drivers exams it should be more and more difficult for you to drive a car by yourself when you are 85 years old this is part of the super train that is so uh, super train this is part of the super train like uh sort of paternalistic society that we're going to have where most people in the prime of their life are free to do whatever they want, but when you are young and when you are old, you are monitored more closely because you do not have the cognitive faculty to make good choices. I've actually been thinking a lot about this, and like all utopian visions, uh, it is ultimately truly dystopian. In order for your system right. to work, it seems like, you know, Hitler thought he was helping a lot of people, right? He did, yeah. He helped a lot of German people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and uh and and uh so here's the thing yes like right now you could say if you sent my grandmother a notice in the mail well she responded to email or she responded to her postal uh, mail like to everything you could send her like a you remember when they started sending out those fake fedex envelopes it was actually oh, about right. like a mortgage well, and, refi. She, and, and she filled out all of the uh all of the publishers, publishers clearing. Clearing oh house. you got to put the green stick she wants the green car 
Right. But uh, I guess scrape might- off, scrape off the use a quarter, scrape off the the code number. Wait. Do you, hmm. Well, gosh, I have so much to ask you about. You, do you know? Uh, you know that you get on different sucker lists. That's what they call it in the industry. You get on different, truly different yeah. sucker lists depending on how much of that shit you do. Do you know that? Oh, you know, my dad was on every single one of them oh, because God. at a certain point, I. Feel- I feel like he just he would get those letters in the mail and he'd go, "Oh, this guy seems kind of nice." He said, uh, "He said, you know, the letter said, Hey, Dave.'" And uh, so I, I I wrote him a long thing back, and eventually it got to the point where he was getting three hundred phone calls a day from really nice women in their mid twenties who wanted to sell him a timeshare. Mm. And at one point, he bought a timeshare. Oh, you're and, kidding. No, and he had this vision. You know, he's 87 years old. And he had this vision that he was going to buy a timeshare. Because my dad was a he was a he was a, a liberal politician his whole life. He didn't make a lot of money, and a lot of his friends from college became capitalists or were born capitalists. You said he advised one of his friends to go out and get a uh, get get a get a little Tootsie. Don't sit around. You said he had a friend who was no, no, eighty. No, it wasn't his friend. Was wasn't his friend. It was his brother-in-law who, okay. my, you know, my aunt had passed away, and he was like, you know, you're a millionaire. You should go get a girlfriend. But so he's a, he's a, he's an old guy, and he gets it. He gets into this state of mind that I think happens as you're reflecting back on your life, and he's thinking. It, it, he was thinking. Well, it was hard for him to remember that he had done all these amazing things in his life, and all he could think about was that he had not. He didn't have any business to hand me down as his heir. He, he wasn't able to give me the keys to our family laundromat or our Pontiac dealership or whatever it is where you give your son something that then sets him up in life. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. uh, his only uh, bequest to me was that I used English properly and that I, was, uh, that I could walk into a cocktail party and immediately establish that I was the biggest cheese in the place. Check. Those, 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 Check. Were, those were the things that he gave me in, in, in lieu of a Pontiac dealership or a laundromat. And so he's 87 years old. And he's like, oh, I, I got to He calls me and he says, I got us a vacation house. I will never get sick of this impersonation. <laughs> and I said, you got us a vacation house. What? And he said, oh, it's great, a vacation house in Tahiti, Bahama, somewhere. And I said, you don't have the resources to have gotten us a vacation house. What are you talking about? You didn't buy a timeshare, did you? Oh, I don't know what that is, but I got this thing. It's great. You go anytime, we'll all go sit in this house. And he, So I go to his place, and he's got these brochures. And yes, he bought a timeshare. And... He taught, He had many, many conversations with this delightful young woman, and I review all the information, and they've set him up in something where it's direct deposit. It's taking 800 bucks out of his account every month. You know, it was a complete, like, absolutely the point at which your, whatever your capitalist enterprise is that's preying on old people, you and everyone that's involved in the business have convinced yourself that you're doing you're not doing a terrible thing in the world you know like you're just trying to make a living or you are selling things that people want or whatever it is yeah. that people and, have and to some tell people themselves. that come to despise their marks your dad your dad was a glengarry lead he was he absolutely was and and i and all those people i could not wish a more virulent pox on their house 
But you no, know, a lot of those people, those old people, hold onto those records pretty well. I'm thinking if you started going to estate sales mm-hmm. in advance of Super Train officially uh-huh. being launched, uh-huh. you could start gathering. You know, like uh, again, all the timeshares. You know, you know what the NRA says. The NRA says Hitler. Hitler went through, found out who had the guns. They had lists, right? Hitler had, they had lists. lists. So again, I don't want to. I don't want to conflate Super Train with Hitler. Not by yeah. a long shot. Uh, gonna be, no. Here's the thing. It's like Stalin, right? There's going to have to be an awkward period where there's a little bit of governmental nudging, mm-hmm. a little oversight. Would you say like. that Stalin nudged a little? Well, oh, oh, okay, Mao. Mao. Mao was a nudger. <laughs> Mao nudged. Stalin was much more of a like knock on the door in the middle of the night kind of guy. But Mao, you know, Mao gave people plenty of opportunity to get on board his super train. You've got a barbecue grill sitting out back. There's no reason you can't be making fucking steel. Do you know about that? You know, he had people ma- trying to make steel in their backyard. Yeah, that's. That I've was been it. thinking. You know, that, that's the best thing about super train is the amount of ste- new steel we're going to be producing because of all the recycling. Because we're going to be recycling rust all across America. You know what? You're going to be like the the greatest hits of the 1940s. You're gonna. I see you creating a kind Pennsylvania of Pennsylvania Six Five Thousand. Pennsylvania Six. That's a great song. <laughs> that's that's my favorite scene in that Jimmy Stewart movie. It's a great hit of the 40s. But anyway, go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's your it's your uh, it's your program. Well, the thing. What I ended up doing with this timeshare woman. The quick quick circle back to this though. Because I think this yeah. might be important. Yeah, I think we can. But what I ended up doing with her was I sicked my sister on her. Oh, brother. And on them. You, and got it was, a, you called the action line. <laughs> I really did. And it was, a, it was a sight to behold. It was a beautiful thing. I, I insisted that I be there when she called them and explained to them patiently that she was going to, that she was a lawyer, which she's not, and that he was a lawyer, and that we were going to sue everyone a thousand times. If they didn't return all of the money and all of the, you know, like, and, and, and a written apology and the whole nine. Susan demanded satisfaction. She demanded a level of satisfaction that even I am, am in awe of. Susan is able to get people on the phone who are the people who are trained to deal with hostile customers. Right. And Susan is able to basically skeletonize them. <laughs> Like a, like it, they are a cow that walked unknowingly into an Amazonian stream, and they come out the other side, and not only are they a skeleton, but they are happy to be a skeleton, and they are apologizing for any inconvenience their meat may have caused as she consumed it. Like, she is, she is a... An extremely, yeah. extremely, not even a small town apology, like a village, like a hamlet apology, yeah. like a truly, you're saying like deferential, deep bow... Deep bow, happy smile, and here not only here is a refund, but here's interest on it. And you know what the thing the thing about my sister though is that it is like unleashing. It's like unleashing the curse of the mummy. Like if you try and if you if if you have an idea of what you're going to unleash the curse of the mummy on. That may, in fact, you may, in fact, be able to bend it to your will for that immediate amount of time or that immediate purpose. But then the curse of the money is loose on the world. Like, mm-hmm. I, do not, uh, I do not invoke my sister unless I basically have a scorched earth, po- earth policy. Like, if I turn Susan loose, then I have no... <laughs> every, everything in this 45-degree angle is potentially going to be 
salted earth. You think of her as kind of like a nuclear option. She's a, she's a uh, or to mix the metaphor, a customer service commando. Like if you call her out, things are going to break. Well, but the thing is, she, they will. They, they. It's not that they will break. It's that. It's that she 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 gets satisfaction and also at, at, like everyone is hugging at the end. It's not like me when I walked out of that that uh, that North Face store. I think they probably turned the sign to closed <laughs> and spent the rest of the day like in the back, like having an employee meeting. Uh, and like they, brought an, in, they brought in counselors. Yeah, an encounter session where it was just like, let's all talk about this. Let's get this out. Let's talk about what happened. It's like the Columbine of backpacks. Whereas with my sister, at the end, they are exchanging phone numbers because they're going to go snowboarding later. Like she, <sighs> she really, she she converts the whole thing in, uh, until they feel like. Like I've watched my sister in a train station in Europe have an have an exchange with gypsy pickpockets. <laughs> Where the gypsy pickpockets returned the pickpocketed goods, and then there was there were hugs all around. Now, I don't know if 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 our listeners have had a lot of experience with gypsies uh, who pickpocket. I think they like to be called stations. Roma or or, 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 or Aleuts. You're you're absolutely correct. They prefer to be called Roma, but for the sake of they for, even for, they stole the name from Italy. For the sake of clarity, no, 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 it's the other way around. Okay, mm, okay, but but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, Susan somehow. But the, but the thing is, once it gets happening, it's like um, it's it's there's a there's a it's a it's vi- it's a viral sensation. Susan, once you turn her loose, you better have also have a stack of bills that you want to contest because she you really have to you have to turn that power in a direction. Otherwise, she'll just be she'll be calling customer service agents just for the thrill of hearing them. Uh, she's hearing like she's like Dark Phoenix. She she now she's got a little bit of that energy and now she can't stop. You mm-hmm. can she's going to keep settling things for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's 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 I I think everybody needs a person like that. First of all, can I say kudos to Susan? I wish I had that in me. I oh, don't no, as you know. Old. Yeah. I know. Well, I've, I've mentioned my friend Pete Butler before, back uh, from back in Tallahassee, and my friend uh, Dave used to call him Action Line because mm-hmm. if you ever needed anything done and you had exhausted, it he was, was the ombudsman. Ombudsman. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, it started out real nice because Pete was real civil at first. Yeah. But the thing is, you know what? You, here's your chance. You know what I mean? This is your chance. We could do this. <laughs> we could do this like gentlemen, and right. we can settle this. Is we'll, the easy way or the hard way? Right. Right, right, yeah. and, and he would, he would go into it. And of course, like you say, you're dealing with scoundrels. You're you're dealing with people who spend all day basically trying to destroy people. And like Susan, at a more amateur level, you, these people they probably there's something to it. When I was a telemarketer, I was a horrible human being. I took a certain amount of joy in the awfulness of my job because that's how you survive. Yeah. And in their case, they're sitting around trying to screw uh, old people. Like my grandmother, my grandmother. You tell my grandmother, my late grandmother. You tell her you're a Christian, and she'll do anything for you. She right. she tried to refinance her house in order to have it painted. Right, 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 right. This right. is the kind of thing that, that we do. So you call somebody well, like I, Pete, and Action I, Line comes in. I told you, my dad, when I when I finally took his car away, I said, I said, uh, Dad, what do you need a car for? You're 87 years old. What do you need? What do you do in your car? And he said, I got a lot of things I do. I go run errands. I said, What errands do you do? I go to the drugstore. Yeah, all right. Well, we can handle getting you to the drugstore a couple of times a week. What else? What else do you need the car for? Well. I go to the mechanic. <laughs> to get, you go to the, to get go the, to the car mechanic. To get to the, the car that doesn't have a broken axle looked at. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I go to the... How often do you go to the mechanic? Oh, I don't know. Once a week? You go to the car mechanic once a week, and that's one of the things you need a car for. He was going to this guy who was 
quote unquote fixing his car. Ugh. And it was some, you know, local guy who if he who figured out he had a live one. And my dad was just going down there to talk to him about the news of the day or talk about baseball. And he would put the car up on the jack. He surely saw that it had a broken axle and a you know, he'd put the car up there and put new air in the tires and charge him four hundred bucks. Yeah, give him a new Johnson rod. It's uh, you know this is the thing I, I, I when I went on that screed several years ago uh, against the the Firestone Tire Company. I, I don't know about this screed. Oh uh, well, it was one. It was in fact I think it was my first ever. It used to be Twitter that you storm. could trust you could Firestone. It could save your life. This is equipment that could save your life. Hmm. I took this car, this self same car, uh, which has a has a book value probably of probably $1,800 and which my family, if you take all the members of my family that, uh, that have had possession of this car at one time or another, we have probably put 40 grand into, into fixing the, the, the car, the number of times it has been like <laughs> demolished by my dad and then put, you know, pasted back into shape. I think right now at this very moment, my mom is driving the same car down the street, but I took, uh, I took it to this Firestone in North Seattle, and they uh, repaired it at great expense. And I got in the car, started the car, put it into gear, and it made a sound like if you threw uh, sea gravel into a blender. And I and I turned the car off, and I walked very slowly back into the guy into the office, and I said, "I don't think that you have fixed the car." And the manager said very patiently to me, like. I'm sorry, sir. What is the problem? I was like, why don't you come outside and you start the car and tell me what you think the problem is? And he starts the car and it makes this horrible sound. And he's like, oh, dear. And I said, yes. So you called me down here to come pick up this car and no one in your organization thought to put a key in it and start it to see that it was ready and repaired. And he immediately started taking taking an approach with me that he had been clearly trained to do by some corporate disaster preparedness person where they were like, when a customer becomes hostile, you should immediately re- you know, retreat into a very condescending manner and you should immediately start to you know, be on guard. And if the person uses profanity, here's what you say. And so, you know, the guy says to me, well, I mean, I think we can get it in, we can get it done by uh, a week from next Tuesday or something like that. And I said, you have got to be shitting me. And the guy says to me, I swear to you, sir, there's no need to use profanity. Mm. Oh, boy. And I was so covered in a thousand layers of... Desire to firebomb the business while it was open and full of customers. Like I was looking around for You'd be a siphon. saving them. You're saving them. I, I was going to be saving everyone in this neighborhood by immolating them in this firestone, rather than live another moment in a world where this asshole has any authority over me and whether or not I can drive away in my car. And so it was the first tweet storm I ever did. I had ne- I'd been on Twitter for a year or so. I had never it had never occurred to me to tweet storm before. But I started sending out tweets like like th- that Firestone the company are uh like abortion providers and puppy killers 
and child rapists. And I went, uh, I went on for a day and it was, it was, it was very exciting. Firestone, hashtag Firestone became a trending topic that day because other people joined me in the fun. And, uh, I did not get any corporate satisfaction. And I don't think at the time Firestone had a dedicated Twitter monitor. So it wasn't like when I, when I tweet stormed the Hilton hotel and, and I started getting emails right away and, and frantic knocks on my hotel room door. But I, I do feel like, I, I do feel like on that particular day, I cost Firestone a little bit. I took a little bit out. It may, maybe it is a complete impotent, it's a completely impotent position, but I do believe in my heart of hearts that I have affected their business permanently to the tune of the $1,800 that I spent there. Let me encourage anyone, anyone listening to this show to never patronize a Firestone. They are, well, like I say, abortionists mm. and baby killers. Fresh human blood. Not even baby killers in the sense of aborting babies who right. aren't yet babies. No, I mean, that, that's they actually, something that happens. They actually kill live babies. Oh, the ones they wanted. That's right. Oh, jeez. Babies that were wanted. Yeah. Firestone will kill those That's two. totally unacceptable. Baby seals. Mm-hmm. They're a shitty company run by shitty people who have a shitty policy about how to deal with people who use the word shit in a, in, com- in a conversational use of the word shit. Like, I know that the guys working in the Firestone occasionally use the word shit, right? Like, if they are turning a wrench and they hurt themselves, even the most Christian of them is going to say shit periodically. Because they're, they're grease monkeys. Mm-hmm. They are a swearing class. Grease monkeys are a swearing class. This is, this is not so different. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is not so different from what we were talking about last week with Cyrano, right? The thing mm-hmm. is, and so you, you run into somebody and they go, they go, oh, something, something. You go, oh, you want to play? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is, that, is that the thing? Is that what we're going to do here? I'm That's coming it. to you and I'm telling you that this is fucked up. I'm telling you that you fucked something up. And you have a chance, right? right? This is like the whole Tylenol thing, right? right. And now Tylenol- you're going to make it about me using profanity instead of how you and your business have fucked me royally out of, out of three days of my life? Oh, absolutely. And they go, you go out and they, they, they go buy ads and they put stickers on NASCARs and they make beer koozies and shit. And mm-hmm. they do that all day long. But then I, this happened, uh, my friend Heather, who's a, a very um, successful, well-known uh, blogger, she got a, she got a, <laughs> I love that phrase. <laughs> she has a nine bedroom house, John. Oh, I wish I had a cough button. Nine bedroom yeah, house. A nine bedroom house. Yeah. So she, um, and well-known blogger. Here's the thing. She she was patient and she was kind. Somebody had I think it was a washer and dryer that she had gotten and she you put put yourself in this position, John. Would you have done that if you had 20 followers? No. Listen, I wish I was a successful and well-known blogger who anyway, figured out how to monetize my blog. What are you monetizing right now, John? Me personally right now? Yeah. Well, we can monetize this. We're monetizing a little bit. Let me see. Point I'm being, looking, I'm looking around the room. She was in the same position you and I have been in, which yeah. is that she tried to be the girl version of a gentleman, and she said, mm-hmm. "Look, guys, I bought this. Like, it doesn't you gotta, work. You got to you got to fix this." And she she went through. Yeah, I can find this link for you. Go back and find it. But she was really cool about it. What they didn't realize. Oh, successful blogger! Look well, out! And, uh, no, I, I think she didn't even. I think she, I don't even think she tried to play that particular card. Uh, One point five million followers, and she, uh, and so she, she, didn't, she didn't pull out her clout score. Well, 
What'd you call it? it? Twitter, Twitter bomb, Twitter storm, tweet storm. Yeah. She went happy go jappy on that shit. Mm. And you know what they did? They did the anti Hilton. They, they, she made them look so bad and got so many people marshaled on her side. Cause you've been there. Like everybody's been there. You've been in that situation of saying like, look, I played your little game. I waited for you to do the phone call. I filled out the RMA. Like I did all the things, blah, 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 blah. And you're fucking stonewalling me because you think I will stop. That's what's happening in the Firestone training seminar. All those fuck stains think that they are being trained that if they wait long enough, John Roderick will, will put his put his uh, put his tail between his legs and, and bow and scrape out of there, right. and then come back again like 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 uh, like Dave did. Yeah, frustrated. You're no, you're no Dave. I'll, I'll go. I'll go away, and then I'll come back and pay my bill politely and feel ashamed for myself that I that I said poo. Yeah. What was the resolution at the Hilton thing? I, I seem to remember well, that you never really got satisfaction, and when I ask you about it, you sound so like you're still a little frustrated that nothing had really come of it. No, no, no. It's not that I didn't get satisfaction. I, uh, the, the, the entire concept of the clout score and the tweet storm, to me, is a case of uh, the corporate world has figured out that people do this, that, that if you're dissatisfied with how your, your, your hotel room is prepared, that they can contact you on the side they'll tweet you from their corporate account and they'll say hey follow us so we can dm you nice try and then they dm you and they say hey sorry about the problem how can we make it up to you how about a, a free night in a hotel and so what they are offering you is to provide you the service that you originally contracted them to provide which is a night in a hotel they're, they're trying they're trying to placate you with nothing placate you with nothing and 99 percent of the people out there and this is the whole business of clout and and this kind of similar uh, attempts to to you know uh, to every ca- time you say that I, know, I imagine hilarious. somebody in 1965 saying Beatles like Beatles. an old guy going <laughs> it's like 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 our music teacher at New College anytime you want to sound current he'd say Talking Heads yeah Beatles here's the thing is the problem with it, you got the clout the thing, the, but mo- but 99 percent of the people uh, that I see on the internet who start a kind of like Hey, Delta Airlines, you screwed up my reservation. And then Delta Airlines comes back and goes, Oh, sorry. How about we upgrade you on the, on a, on your next flight? And then people are like, I got satisfaction. Oh my God. These guys are so great. I was so mad. And now oh, I was so mad. And they're so great. They're so responsive. And my feeling about it is that, uh, and this was the thing in the Hilton Hotel. And this is the thing in the Firestone. Like I am contracting them. I'm paying them to do to provide me a certain service. And I am not an unreasonable person. And let's say you spaced it. Let's say your credit card didn't work. Let's say for whatever reason, something went wrong. Do you, do you think that they would just go, Oh, that's cool. We'll let it skate. Yeah. 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 No, or, you're, or, you're, they have worked out every single aspect of all of that fine print. And you right. sign a thing that says, basically I agree to be fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you said, Oh, how about if I make it up to you by paying you the money tomorrow, like it's not going to work. So my feel, my feeling about the power of social media is that at a certain point, I am no longer working for the possibility of that company rectifying their mistake. Oh. And now all of my energy is going into a kind of scarlet letter that I want to brand that business with mm-hmm. that says, I, my, the satisfaction I'm going to get now is not the satisfaction of you making it up to me. No. It is the satisfaction I'm going to get out of spending a day of my life publicly hating you and watching you twist on the line. And the, the Hilton Hotel sent a guy to my door. They, they 
they found my my personal email and were frantically emailing me to stop instead of just they, fucking fixing it they were tweeting me well they tried the thing is i got into my hotel room and it smelled like an abattoir and i called <laughs> down to the front desk and i said i'm sorry i asked for a room and you have obviously put me in a place where they butcher sheep can you move me to a room that does not smell like this and they gave me a bunch of bullshit and i was like i'm not coming back down to the front desk i am not going through any i'm not jumping through a single hoop i'm going to sit here in this room not touching any any surfaces until you send a person to my door with a key to a different room and they were they responded they sent a guy to my door with a key to a new room which was to a room down the hall on the same floor where they had been butchering sheep and my new room was no better than the that's last. not a solution and i and at that point i said i have given you the opportunity you have you you've blown it and now you coming to my door and offering to put me in the bridal suite on the 15th floor is not a solution. That is, that is like, an, that's you trying to plug a hole in the dike. No, no the bridal suite in this case, you're not talking about the one down the hallway. You're saying no, you, no, no. you had your chance and you blew it once. Well, the guy came to my door after I started tweeting about it. And he was like, sir, I understand there's a problem. And I was like, well, and I shout through the door. Yeah, uh, there is a problem. I called down to the front and you, you put me in a different room. And it's just as bad as the last. And he was like, well, if you'll come to the door, sir, I think we can rectify this situation. <laughs> and, I, and that was when I said, <laughs> like hell, I'm coming to the door. You send your jackbooted thugs to my, my hotel room door. How about instead you slide the new key under the door uh, and then call me when you're downstairs. And so eventually I said to the customer service rep who was based in Houston, who Ugh. was who was sending me you know, five emails a day, how do we make this right? I said, here's how you make it right. One, one week in Hawaii at the Hilton Honolulu on Waikiki. That is how you make it right. You, and just, you-, you just hit my big, fat fucking button. <laughs> you know, okay, here's the thing. And it is hotels. Hotels, big time. Restaurants, yeah. sometimes, big yeah. time. You know what mine is? Mine mm. is exactly... Oh, it's so fucking angry making. Oh, you're mad right now. Oh, oh, I, oh, oh I hear how mad you are. You know what? You just you just unleashed a, a dragon. I did. You just, I I just, I'm going to ingve. I'm going to ingve all over your first class. <laughs> Are you always finding great articles on the web you'd love to read but just don't have the time? Instapaper saves web pages for reading later for iPad, iPhone, Android, and Kindle. You can read when you're waiting online, riding the bus, eating breakfast, or lying in bed. You can even read offline, great for when you're on a plane or the subway and don't have an internet connection. Pages are shown without clutter or distractions. You can adjust the text to a comfortable size and font and much more. Read more and read better by reading later with Instapaper. Get it now at instapaper.com or search for Instapaper in the App Store. <coughs> what is your beef, Merlin Man? Okay. First of all, here's how it should... your seatbelts. Here's all how, you, here's how it should... For British people who are listening to this program. Here's how it should go. Uh-huh. You call down to the desk and you I, say, I'm not pleased uh, with my room. Uh, it's not clean and it's stinky. Yes. You don't even have to ask for anything. And you know what they say? They say, I'm terribly sorry. We'll take care of it immediately. Right. And what they what they do here's what they do, yeah. they they call you right back and say okay we're putting you in the Pope suite at the top floor, right. in Pope. just a minute in just a minute uh, our best bell person is going to come to your room our uh, top bell guy top bellman is going to bell person bell lady Beltron is going to 
Hmm. It's going to come down and personally move your luggage up there. You're going to get a free meal tonight, and there will be a bottle of wine that you're not going to drink because you don't drink. That's what we're going to do. And you know what you don't do? Here's the problem. Hey, you know what? It smells like a fucking sheep abattoir in here. Sir, what do you want me to do about that? (laughs) You are in the service industry, fucktard. You take care of it. You're telling me you work in a hotel, and you don't know how to take take care of somebody who's unhappy about the hotel? The guy, the guy that I called at the front desk said, well, we're really busy down here at the front desk. That oh. was the first thing. I said. And I said, I'm aware that you're busy at the front desk because I, only moments ago, waited in line for a half an hour to get checked into my hotel room while you guys played fucking tiddlywinks and, <laughs> and were doing uh, like uh, words with friends or whatever the fuck you were doing instead of, instead of checking people into their room. So I know how busy it is down there. That does no, that you're no about longer to get, You're about to get a lot busier. I am across the threshold now. I am in my room. I am a customer now. I'm not some, I'm not some dope waiting in line to be a customer. I am ensconced in customership. I am now your only customer. That's right. I am the only thing in your mind right now. Get up here and put me in the Pope suite. Right. And they put me in the... They, they took me out of the place where... They stored the dead tauntauns, and they put me Ugh. down the hall in the room where they expected me to sleep inside a dead tauntaun, and I was not prepared to do that. I, I, I hope that I—I I just want to put it this way, John. I, I am not asking for a favor here. Yeah. I hope that someday—I hope that someday I earn the right— to be on something like the Super Train board, if you don't kill me, which I certainly deserve. But here's the thing. Yeah, you have a place there now okay, maybe. at the table. Here's here's how this works. Yeah. Your problem, Firestone guy, Hilton yeah. guy. Yeah. Your problem is you tried to do guy. you tried to do or social media douche. You tried containment way too late. You That's know, right. Containment is you take care of it as soon as I say something. That's right. And if you want me to be the guy who says, "Oh, thank you for DMing me on Twitter." You know yeah. what? You're much more likely to get that if you agree that you fucked up. Apologize right. for it, and then fix it by exceeding my expectations. That's, That's right. Don't the- ask. Don't ask me what you can do to make it right. You know what you can do to make it right. Try you can some shit out. Do everything that you do. That <laughs> and you I could- said to the guy in Houston, I was like, "What are you empowered Fucking to do?" Houston. That's, that's my question. Like, are you some mid-level guy who's empowered to give me a night in a hotel? Because if you are, fuck you. If you are some guy in Houston who's sitting in a wood-paneled office and you are empowered to. And you're empowered to fly Paris Hilton out here to give me a handy while she sucks my toes? Mm-hmm. Then get on the phone. She's very lithe. This but happened the, to me but, in New Zealand. I want to encourage people. I want to encourage people. Yes. And this is what I did on, on Twitter that day was encourage people who have 500 Twitter followers, who have 115 Twitter followers, mm-hmm. to also not sell their good name too cheaply. Don't do not. Sell your satisfaction for a gift bag of hand lotion. Like, say, no, you know what? For today, you have fucked up, and it is more gratifying to me to punish you and to put your social media people to work so that maybe this is going to end up... A printout of this exchange is going to end up on some manager's desk. Like, I think in the long run, that's going to have a more profound effect than if the guy who whose job it is to give people free hotel rooms, give somebody a free hotel room. Mm -hmm. He gets to check the box that he did his job today. His boss checks his box that he did his job today. And, and you're still sitting in a room that smells like sheep guts 
and it's like or or maybe you're in the pope suite by that point but but it all is just running a little too smoothly and we all need to stand athwart the 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 coming mediocrity storm and say basta mm-hmm. enough i yeah. will not be placated by someone whose job it is by someone who has only the authority to placate me and nothing else to two, make no two, corporate changes. two words neville chamberlain this is about so much more than mm-hmm. an abattoir hotel room this goes so much further than that this is there there this is, is not, it's not even purely about satisfaction it's certainly not about hotel hotel rooms it's about a slippery slope in which we slide That's deeper right. and deeper into into letting these people have some kind of private fuck up that's right, right. are you a are you a chamberlain or are you a churchill you know what? We will fight them on the beaches. Mm. <laughs> we will fight them in the air. We will never surrender. Um. Oh my god, it makes me so fucking angry. I. I. Uh, my problem is I don't have any staying power. Like I. I. I will. But the thing is, I will burn and I will. I, I will steam. I will steam. In, in one case, I, in one case, I think I've mentioned the, the Google Me episode. Uh, I, I actually did go to the business computer and look up the name of everybody on the board. I, I went to their pages. I found out their email addresses. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the depths Scary. of my douchiness was me walking up to the desk to the person who had wronged me the previous day yeah. and pulling out not what well, it looked like. It was about 10 sheets of paper, but it was really two. And I flipped through it very casually and I said, is, um, is Robert <laughs> Lewis Jr.? Uh, still the hospitality uh, director for oh. Name of Parent Corporation? Yes. Oh, and, and is, he, is he still on uh, Pico uh, down in uh, Santa Monica? Is that, is that correct? Or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. You were threatening them with, the, with implications. Yeah. With I think I might have actually acted like I was talking on the phone, too. <laughs> were you talking into your wallet? <laughs> my wallet. My wallet where they where they'd put, a, put a hold on my card. Oh, brother. Well, you know, the, the thing is that I, I have always felt that denying yourself gratification is an is probably the most important training exercise you can do you need to sit in your place wherever you are right now and the thing that you want the most you want to try and deny yourself that thing this is a core value for you that's right and the more that you are able to sit in a place where you really want something and deny yourself that thing even if that thing is the satisfaction of sending somebody an angry email or, you know, somebody has, somebody uh, wrote me an email the other day that was that the email from them should have been an apology. But what the email said was, uh, you are, uh, uh, we, we shouldn't hang out right now because you're too unstable and I'm too unstable. Right. And I was like, well, no, in fact, I'm not unstable at all. You really fucked up in this situation and i agree we shouldn't hang out right now but the reason is that you fucked up and owe me an apology and the and to write me a thing that says we shouldn't hang out right now because we're both too fucked up is it demanded a response from me and as i started to compose the response where i explained to the person that they were fucked up and that i was not fucked up i realized that there was no that my end game was 
Or that I had no end game. No, no. This is where you get on your phone. You say, listen, I'm standing in front of Sal's. Please deliver a large truck full of chairs <laughs> and a bunch of matches and gasoline. I'm taking my clothes off. Get here as soon as you can. And so I, I realized that this was a situation where I needed to deny myself the thing I wanted most, hmm. which in this case was to reply to this person, to retort and to say, no bullshit, fuck you. And I, I needed to, I kept saying to myself, like you'd say to a dog, I kept saying, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. And it would pop into my head and I would go, but I, this, this cannot stand. This person's, this person's fucked upness cannot stand. It needs to be called out by me. And then I was like, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. And I, I say that to myself so much in the course of a day. Leave it, leave it. And what, what that does is it trains me to go all the way through a process like the one with the Hilton Hotel where there are a thousand opportunities to like get a kind of cheap satisfaction, a cheap like, oh, oh, oh I'm going to come. Oh, I came. Mm-hmm. And to say, no, I am not going to come. You drink water and you sit and read the Bible. I'm going to sit here. Build it up. Just build it up. I'm going to sit here on my fucking carpet of nails. And I am going to to cultivate this peak that I'm in until I I have a diamond point. (laughs) And I am not going to satisfy this. Are you getting a lot accomplished while you're doing that? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, no, no, because I mean, the, the thing is to make a diamond point in a hotel room, that takes a lot of focus. It does. And what, the, what, what I am accomplishing is that I am climbing a ladder. And it is not the, it is not the Buddhist ladder of enlightenment. Yeah. I have no doubt that when I, if there is reincarnation, when I am reincarnated in, in my next life, that it's going to be something, it's going to be a very oblique angle into my next form. You know what I mean? I I am not working my way into a higher frame necessarily. There's going to be, it's going to go through a prism and I'm going to come out the other side as like a box of Cracker Jacks or I'm going to come out the other side as a wave, like a solitary wave on the ocean. I don't know what's going to happen. You're going to come back as a wave. I'm going to come back as a wave. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back as a wind. I don't know what it's going to be. But would you not, be self-aware? I have no way of knowing whether the wind is self-aware. Oh. I, I've had some encounters with wind where I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. Yeah, your timing's bad. I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You are you are working on me and I am not I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that you're just some wind. Mm-mm, you're gonna tweet bomb the wind. You are a wind that is you are a wind that is acting with an with a kind of agency. Mm. And maybe that is somebody like me who, to, who died a hundred years ago, who came back as the wind. I don't know. This is this is not so far off the not a problem problem. Like when mm. some the whole like you know you, like we said last time you say thank you and they say not a problem. Well, mm. you know part of it is you sit there and you've got you, my room now. You know the first, one of the first things I do in my room in addition to putting on gloves and a mask is I go in. <laughs> oh, every, when you go into a hotel room, hotel room, yeah. all the marketing materials, anything that's got a logo on it that I can tear off of something, it all goes into the lowest drawer, and mm. I don't 
including the water. <clears throat> I always check my bill because they bill me for the water that I didn't have. Whoa. Because I don't even want to see the water. I don't want to see any of it. I don't want to see any right. logos. I don't want to see anything. It all goes in a drawer. If I were to sit down and read that, though, I would read so much about their luxurious service oh, yeah. and how they take care of you and yep. so on and so on and so on. Yeah, but then yeah. I sent you a link that, that uh, Dana Boyd, was. You know, she, she travels a lot. She always goes to the same brand of hotels. And she had this this... this sizzling blog post and tweet bomb about this. Do you know how bad they oversell hotels? Oh, they yeah. oversell hotels. And the answer to her was she, was, airplanes. she got there. Yeah. Yeah. And she got there and they're like, Oh, we're oversold. Uh, we're going to put you on a bus essentially <laughs> and drive you to another part of town, <laughs> even though she got there early, like she's going to do her work for her presentation tomorrow yeah. uh, and, and be, and be like in the building with where the thing's going to be. Oh no, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to put you, we're going to take you over to Stalag 13, yeah, yeah. which is not as nice this happened to me in Argentina one time. I was in Buenos Aires and I showed up to my luxury hotel. It was during, I swear to you, one of those Rolling Stones concerts where they play for a million people. Right. Uh, and it's a, it's a thing where the, the last 550,000 people... Argentinians love big stadiums. They do. The last 550,000 people are watching it on a video screen and it's a time delay where the... The, the riff is getting to you like uh, 11 minutes after it was played. But anyway, the city is completely sold out, and it's sold out, and it's full of South American Rolling Stones fans. Oh, and I show up at my luxury hotel, and they're like, sorry, oversold. Lo siento. And I said, well, what do you mean you're sorry? And they were, and the guy looked at me. He was a very well-dressed Argentinian. You know, they're very good dressers. Very clean. The Argentines. They're extremely, they're extremely fashion conscious. He was a very handsome young man. And he looked at me over the, over the desk and he was very, very clear that he was not in the least bit sorry. And oh, I had a that, language. He should have just said, he should have just said, you know what, dude, I can't help you. Yeah. He, and, and basically it makes it he so did. much worse. He said, there's a hotel somewhere that I can get you to that's over somewhere else. And it's not as good as this one. And something, something that's the, that's the deal. And, um, anyway, next, Oh and dear. in a way, in a way it was refreshing because he did not, he did not attempt. He, he did not offer me a solution. That was not a solution. He said, this is the deal. You are arriving here at too late. Basically, we sold a bunch of hotel rooms and then everybody got here before you. So maybe that's your problem. But this is South America, my friend. And we are not, we're not, we're not pretending that this is fine, that this is going to be fine with you or that we care. You're never coming back here. Eat shit. So what'd you do? I went to a restaurant and had a delicious steak. I heard they got lots of steak there. And then I said, you know what? I'm, I don't even need to be in Buenos Aires. What am I doing here? And I went, uh, I went down the road. Now, I went to a different was, town. Was I, was I doing ping pong there? Isn't Argentina where they uh, put the soccer stadiums to use? Am I, am I oh. confusing that with somewhere else? Oh. What are, you, you, are you talking about the Is it Argentina where they, where they disappeared people? Wasn't that Argentina? Yeah, that's right. They desperatoed them. Oof. Oh, well, that sounds terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. And you know the thing about Argentina is it's not some banana republic. It's a, it's a real like a uh, grapefruit republic or a, a grapefruit steak, republic. steak republic. It's a gaucho republic. They have yeah. You know, when you're there, you feel like you are in um, Spain, which actually also disappeared a lot of people there in the 20th century. Actually, you know what? The Holocaust could happen anywhere at any time. The monsters inside of us. You know how that that that, that totally struck me. 
today I, mm. I'm sitting on I'm sitting on pins and needles here in my chair because the Blue Angels are here. <gasps> we get the Blue Angels. It's yeah, awful. Seven thirty in the morning, fucking strafing our house, waking my daughter. Yeah, they go everywhere, and uh, I am a I am a fan of the Blue Angels. I'm a fan of them because I like the technology of super fast jets. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of them also because that experience that you're having of being strafed in the in the the safety and security of your own home is a feeling I think every American should have mm-hmm. once a year where they're sitting there and then all of a sudden they are under attack, brutal attack <gasps> by a billion dollar Just a little airplane. reminder, little taste, little taste of London. Here's what it it's feels like. like. <laughs> That's right. It's like there are people all over the world right now who are sitting in their little mud house and American jets are flying really low right over them and maybe unleashing some machine gun fire. So you should just... If it hurts your feelings, if it if it spills your water glass, you should just let it be a reminder. You're saying it's like sitting there and not coming. This is something where America could be improved by a little bit of strafing by our own jets. Well, it's happening. We are being strafed by our own jets. Because, Deal with it. Because every you know every certainly every every coastal town, the navy comes in at one point or another, Ugh. and they have navy days, mm-hmm. or in our case, it's seafare. Seamen, seamen. And the Navy takes over the town, and they, they go through all the bars. Fucking come and, on everything. That's right. And there's a, there are a lot more rapes, and then the jets fly over real low. And it's like you have been occupied by an invading army. It only lasts for a little while, and all the Chamber of Commerce guys are thrilled because the, because the businesses are profitable for a month. But it's something we should all keep in mind. Like, this is, you know, how much we spend on this stuff. It's very expensive to build these things. And we should all have a first-hand experience of what they're there for, which is to fly really low over people's houses and have them shit their pants and scare their little babies. $30, 30 million. Dollars. I fact-checked that uh, tweet I just sent you. $30 million for one of those jets that was strafing us. So it, I woke up this morning, and what mm-hmm. they do, what the Blue Angels do is they fly... Uh, they, they, have practice. A, they practice a lot first. They do. But they have a C-130, which is a four-engine turboprop transport plane that uh, is full of their crew and it flies the co- why are you smirking are you i'm sorry i'm imagining somebody like takes off work to take their kids to see the air show <laughs> it's just a very very slow moving cargo plane <laughs> and slow claps <laughs> but it takes 15 minutes <laughs> i think the c-130 is an amazing they airplane. shoot I've, a zero out of the sky I, with a 45 I, i've actually flown in a c-130 and they are they're tremendous uh, uh, tremendous airplanes. The Hercules is what they're called. Hmm. But so the Hercules, it flies the course that the that the F-18s are going to fly. Oh, it's a good looking it, plane. It flies very low and it has a very distinctive sound. Those tur- turboprop uh, engines have this very like bum, 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 big throbbing and it flies r- r- my house is right by the airport so they fly about 150 feet over my house and so they woke me up this morning in the C-130 and I said, usually that C-130 flies over, and three minutes later, there are F-18s basically touching their landing gear on my chimney. Like, they go over my house so low, I can read their driver's licenses. And I'm, so I wake up, and I'm like, you know, the, I've got a baby here. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of us. It's me and, me and the baby. And I, I jump out of bed, and I run downstairs, and I get her out of her crib, and I'm like... You know, she's 16 months old. And I say, today is airplane day. Airplane. And she knows what airplanes are, and she points to the sky, and I'm like, that's right. Airplane. But today is different. Today, big airplane day. 
loud airplane. And she's looking at me like, why are you talking to me like this? I have a dirty diaper. Can I have a banana? And I'm like, banana in a second. Airplane. Because when these airplanes go over, I know she is going to shit her pants. And I'm like, airplane, airplane. And all, all morning, I'm like, airplanes, they could come at any time. They're so loud. Because that's how these things are. They give you no warning at all. They're really, the really Earth. fast, and they fly over. Uh, this is the part that drives me crazy. I can't understand how you could fly, why you would want to fly a $30 million jet over a populated city and make a boom. Because... We paid that $30 million, and this is them showing off for oh, us. Oh, I get it's it. It's like, look what you bought. Look what you made. We can we can scare the sh- We can rattle all your little Hummel figurines right off the shelves mm-hmm. just by flying over and hitting the gas. So anyway, all day long, I know these fucking bir- birds are here. I have been down to the airport. I went down there last night, and there they all were lined up there on the on the flight deck, and I'm like, the Blue Angels are here, and they never miss a chance. And so all all day, I've been in this kind of pregnancy of like, when are they going to fly over the house? They're gonna, it's going to come. I know it's coming. It's probably going to happen in the middle of my podcast. And yet, it is deathly quiet. Mm. Like the birds are not tweeting, the insects are not buzzing. Everything knows that that the storm is coming. Mm. But they are. There are no planes in the sky. I don't know why they're not strafing my house. It's driving me crazy. There, it's a, It's like a, some psyops that they're they're pulling this year only. Where it's like, yeah, we're here. It's a beautiful sunny day. Oh, we could be flying. It's like your own personal World War One. You're just sitting there, dug in. You That's know, what, you know they're out there. You don't know where, and you don't know when when they're going to come running over the hills. It's Christmas Day. Do we play soccer or uh, are they going to snipe me as soon as I stick my head above the trench? Were they both Paul McCartney? Who? The Germans and the British? Oh, yeah, that video, Pipes of Peace. Oh, Remember that? They made a, the, uh, Paul McCartney made a video, and of course, you know, you know, as uh, I, I believe you're a Paul man, too, but yeah. both of them were Paul McCartney. I, I vaguely remember this, but this was during the Give My Regards to Broad Street era, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was, Which, after, it was after when Wings was good, so it's all, that's all kind of one big uh, hairball for me. Th- yeah, there was, a, there was a point there between... Uh, 1977 and the present where everything Paul did, I looked at uh, only out of the corner of my eye. I could not look directly at it. Yeah, but it's like, it's like drunk dad. You still like every once in a while, you're like, oh, I wonder if this will be really, really good. When he made that acoustic record, that was actually really great. I've heard that's good. I enjoyed that very much. There's always, he's, I mean, you're absolutely right. I look at everything, but, but I, uh, particularly like, when he's doing music videos where he is both characters, mm-hmm. I just you can't look directly That's at it. It's a real Phil it, Collins kind of thing to it'll, do. It'll burn onto your retina, and then you can never really see Can you tell see. me honestly, I mean, how do you feel about Phil Collins' face being on so many records? If you're such a big Phil Collins fan, doesn't that mm-hmm. bug you that his giant fat face is on the cover of all his albums? Well, here's the thing about Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Take a good look at him. Take a look at him now? Take a look at him now. Take a, Will that's I right. still be standing here? Take a look at your girlfriend. That's pretty good. You got to admit, that was pretty fast. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> yeah, me coming back to him is against all odds. If you, if you take a look at Phil Collins, you will realize he is five feet tall. Hmm. He is bald. Hmm. He looks like someone carved a face into an apple and then left it sitting he in the He looks like a self-satisfied ass. Or butt. You know, a bottom, a behind. And yet. And yet. In spite of all that. 
at the very height of the era where we were all claiming that music video had made it impossible for bands like Fog Hat to succeed because Fog Hat existed in a pre-music video era where they were all stupid looking. Yeah, Scorpions are no bargain either. Klaus Meine, pr- classic example. Five Absolutely. feet tall. Ryan James Dio. He looks, he looks like Gallagher without a mustache. Mm-hmm. And they yet, look like rejected Tolkien characters. Yet Phil Collins was the biggest star in the world. And so that should give us all hope. And not, not only the biggest star in the world, but as you say, he, his face was his brand. He put his little bald head on the f- cover of every album mm-hmm. and was the biggest star in the world. He was in every music video. Mm-hmm. He was a massive sex... He's like that guy from Simply Red who has supposedly bedded every famous starlet of the 80s. They call him Ginger. That little, that little creepy little ginger midget Mick, is. A, I'm sorry, small person mm-hmm. is a, is a, I think uh, it's. I think it's Wee Redman is the way they say it in Scotland. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure that we have a whole contingent of our listeners yeah. who are not only bronies but are also ginger, and huh. they are trying to decide right now whether they should send a tweet. I think he was at like, that famous. He was at that famous or, uh, yeah. Sex Pistol show. I think. Who the the simply red guy? Mick Hucknall. I think yeah. he was Mick Hucknall. Yeah, with, he, uh, with the with the was, buzzcocks and everybody. He was sleeping with supermodels that he literally had to stand on a stack of phone books just to insert himself into them. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! He was a very very famous popular simply person. Pink, and yet you could you could not look at him without feeling. Like he was, uh, he was a kind of uh, 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 like a like the the model uh, on which um, uh, Cabbage Patch dolls were designed. Like it, it, he's I not. I think he looks he looks like a cross between uh, Alana Miles from Thompson Twins. Why do I know that name? Oh, and whoa. maybe Allison and, and maybe Allison Moyer. Deep science. Yeah, you just pulled out the name of the girl who shaved her head, except for the crazy- eyebrows. She cut off her eyebrows, and then she had the floopy. Ha- she had floopy hair, well, eyebrows. That hat. What was the deal with that hat? They love their hats in Thompson Twins. I saw them. I saw them with Berlin. You saw Thompson Twins in Berlin. Yeah, my girlfriend passed out at the show. Not Did she drink pass it from out the crowd. From joy? Nope. She watched somebody uh, pierce something because this is when punk rock people would still go to these shows and try and look tough. Yeah. She saw somebody take a Thompson Twins pin and uh, try to pierce themselves with it, and she passed out. Oh, scary! Berlin. I, Thompson Twins were not as good as you'd expect. No, no, no. They were they were kind of terrible. I was listening to a Thompson Twins record the other it has day. Not it has not aged well. Scritty Politti still works. You Scritty know what I'm saying? Amazing because that's such a distinctive vocal style. It is. And uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, the one where they had the same name, album, and song. Uh, oh, you know the one. Art of Noise. No, no. Uh, uh, say like a name like that. Uh, um, it'll come back to me. But they're really good. They had albums in the '90s that were really good. One time I was Shit, I was hit, I was in San Francisco I was hitchhiking. Talk talk, talk talk. Well, see, talk talk. Better second, than you think. Better than you the, think. The second, like the original talk talk, where talk 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 talk. All you need to do is talk 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 talk. That was a that was a certain kind of early eighties pop. But then the later talk talk. It was good. It was just amazing music. I love that album. The the color of spring is one of the great. That's one of the great. Well, I used to have throwaway lines about Talk Talk and Scritti Politti, and I have been I have been corrected. I've been sent back to my room to go and listen to them, and they are really really good. See now in my head, in my head, Talk Talk is like psychedelic furs, which Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. one or two good songs per record, and Mm -hmm. maybe like um, who did uh, Whisper to a Scream? You know that band. Or, whisper to scream what's the other one the other band uh, Ooh, uh, yep. uh, 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 uh the guy with the bad teeth oh oh uh, uh, 
That's what every that's what it all sounded like in 1982. Hang on, I got think for a minute. Give me a second. Hang on. 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 The guy with the hat and the bad teeth. Send me an angel. Send Send me me an angel. Right now. Right now. You know who else is pretty good? Big Country. Real life. Real life did send me an angel. Also, Big Country. Better than people think. Pretty, pretty good. The that, thing, the, a Steel Town, uh, Boogie Town. What's that, that record they have? Steel, Steel Face. They had that one band. They had the song. Here, you are. I think you're you're having a little bit of an '80s pop Tourette's I'm, moment now. I think getting I'm, a little Tourette's. Scorpions. <laughs> fuck. The, the thing. The thing about the thing about uh, <laughs> the thing about real life. <laughs> the thing about the psychedelic furs is that they had a couple of good songs and four good per songs. record, and the rest were. Shitty Total song. shit. They're like, you know, cheap trick. They have like one or two amazing songs per record, no matter yeah. what. And then a lot of stuff where you're like, you know, you could have, you could have yeah, just done an EP. You could have done an EP. It's, but it's rock and roll. Like cheap yeah. trick song. The shitty songs on cheap trick records are not hurt your feelings. If you buy a, if you buy a psychedelic furs, even the, even psychedelic furs greatest hits. Oh, I bought it. I bought it two weeks it, ago and you, I'm you already get five songs yeah. in and you're like, oh, the rest of this you got, is You got perfect. love my, you got love my way. Great tune. Right, right, right. But I mean, like, yeah, President, President Gas, really? The original Pretty in Pink, before they added all that fruity stuff to President it. President Gas, terrible, terrible song. Yeah. In Excess is an example of a band where they had two, absolutely two great songs per record, mm-hmm. and then the rest were fine. Everybody wants to go to Soup and Salad Bar. <laughs> okay, some of them were terrible. That's a terrible song. You know what's good? <laughs> the, the, I like that. Bam, bam. What's that, what's that song that goes bam, bam? I think I'm doing a John Flansburg song. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> but now, Talk Talk, talk, talk. Is, talk talk is a band <laughs> where the, the where the singles are very very good, but mm-hmm. the level of quality throughout the record is remains very high. It's hmm. a I've it, heard that. Yeah, they sound. It's very the production is very eighty sounding, but the Talk Talk records as a whole you can put on and you can go about your business, and the and the records will they will not hurt your feelings. There there there's not going to be any like oh surprise reggae tune. Oh, oh, here's the song right. that's the surprise reggae tune that like we didn't have another yeah, tune. Throwaway the... techno clash. What yeah. about what about uh, Roddy Frame? What about uh, Aztec Camera? He was like the uh, Scottish Ben Lee. Mm, mm. Remember Aztec Camera? You are. I do, but it's we're getting we're getting deep into some Tourette's. You know what? Nobody cares about music. <laughs> you know what? If you start talking about Mitch Easter, I'm going to have to ring the bell. Now, without talking about Don Dixon. <laughs> Most of the girls like to dance, but only some of the boys do. I, I, you know what? You know, the thing is, REM. Yeah, we should talk about. Know. You know we, what? We should we have still, a separate podcast 40, for REM. This is something like our forty-first episode, and we still haven't done the REM episode. <laughs> we need to do an REM episode. Yeah, I, I was going to say one time. Let's I was active. Hit, you want to talk about let's active? I do not want to talk about let's active right now. Right in the book. I was hitchhiking in San Francisco, and I got all this up. out. This is one of those things. One of those things where if, if, I don't know how many of our listeners have ever hitchhiked. I I, I doubt any more. Anybody under 40 really does much hitchhiking because it's not a thing that's regarded as safe. Mm-hmm. But when I was a teenager, it was still, it was never regarded as safe, but it was still it was fairly common. Practice. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't something like n- a known deadly thing. Yeah, you don't, it's, it's not like people say, don't ever hitchhike. Like I, if you ran I, out of gas, you could hitchhike. You could hitchhike. And yeah. I did quite a bit of hitchhiking. 
uh, and in fact, hitchhiked across America a couple of times and hitchhiked <laughs> across Europe a couple of times. A couple of times, huh? A couple of times. But one time I was in San Francisco. I'm going to sit there just for what it's worth. One day I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit there in a spreadsheet. I'm going to fucking write all of this down, and I think the math is not going to stack up on your side. There's just it's no good. way. You'd be surprised. You've been to Germany literally millions of times. Millions of times. So you're hitchhiking I, I, across I hitchhiked, I hitchhiked from the southern coast of, of Portugal to uh, Amsterdam <laughs> at one time in in three days and i challenge anybody to do that we should say all this in your father's voice because it would (laughs) (laughs) one day i will when i'm when i am 87 and i'm sitting in a chair and i'm like one time i hitchhiked and and, and the kids will be like whatever no chance popping a curb in your hoopty but so i so i I get picked up and this is one of those things if you've ever stood out on the side of the road hitchhiking uh and particularly like if you're if you've stood out on the side of the road for a long time with your thumb out and cars just going by and nobody's picking you up your mind starts to daydream if you are a person like me and you start to imagine that the next car over the hill is going to be a red Jaguar driven by a woman in her mid forties or three, three women. Boy, there's, there's two versions of this story. Either it's a, either there's a red Jaguar driven by a woman in her mid forties who is, who has just left her husband and she's gonna now. She's I'm, looking to even the score. She took I'm his car. I'm 20 years old at this point. And I'm standing out with my thumb out, and I'm like, "This is my this is my fantasy." Either it's this woman. She's she's in this red Jaguar convertible. I know she's what gonna, number two is going to be. She's going to pull over, and and I'm going to get in. The, I'm going to throw my bag in the back, and I'm going to go. Where are we going? That's version one. Version two is bum 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 bum. Am I right? Three <laughs> three girls in miniskirts. Three girls in miniskirts yes! in a Volkswagen bus. That was oh, I was thinking of uh, Eliminator. Oh right, no, in, in, in a in a thirty two Ford coupe. Yeah, I can't even tell too. you how down out between down. between Catwoman between Catwoman and ZZ Top, my sexual cosmology is so permanently fucked up. Yeah. The Sharp dressed man, which is a great song. And I know you're a fan. You, you, you yeah. want a you what show are you on? You want a show talking about ZZ Top on the uh, public radio, right? Weren't you on yeah. a show? And my feeling is that that ZZ Top's Eliminator, like all the ZZ Top fans, are all like, "Oh no, no, no! That, it's all Trace Hombres." Like back when they were wearing dirty blue jeans, yeah, and uh, no and keyboards, I'm like, no I'm like, trigger drums. ZZ Top's Eliminator, where it is all done to drum machines with samplers and keyboards, is still such an amazing album. And if you hate it because it because of the '80s production, yeah. you are a fool, and you are depriving yourself of of great great guitar playing and great songwriting. It's true. You know, you got me on that. I was going to ask you about Steeler's Wheel. I got that Jerry Rafferty record you recommended. Uh, Same pretty deal. Pretty good stuff, right? It's really great and he doesn't he doesn't this is so boring. But but I'm with you. I'm totally with you and we can't throw out the baby with the bath. And this is why the, the, the I'm writing down ZZ missing Top. persons. I want to come back to missing persons too. Go ahead. As you as you were saying about those music videos, Ugh. I did not realize that I had any interest in a girl in pink pumps with frilly ankle socks. Oh my god. Me in neither. A, in a miniskirt. I did not realize I had any interest in a girl like they that. They don't even they, they they dance when they stand still. Yeah. Until until she climbs out of that 32 Ford oh. and then I was like, "Well, wait a minute. Is there another kind of girl?" Oh god, please throw me the keys. But no, the, my version of getting picked because I those girls aren't going to pick me up. Stand okay, on so, so number of, one is like a slightly older Christy Brinkley with a sense of humor. Exactly. Okay, got and it. And the second Check. one, the second one is a Volkswagen bus with three hippie girls, but not hippie girls with like nose rings and dreadlocks. Port, not like Port, Portland. Uh, not hi- gross hippie hi- girls. Hippie punks. I'm talking about kind of hippie punks. Yeah, and this was in an era before 
people had tattoos. So I didn't have to ask the question, tattoos or no tattoos. Mm -hmm. They were just going to be three girls in a Volkswagen bus who had decided that they were going to drive across America. Mm. And, and they pull over and pick me up. So those were the two fantasies. But so I'm standing outside of San Francisco. I've got my thumb out. I'm in Marin County and I'm trying to get up to the Northwest I've, uh, and I'm, I'm standing by the side of the road and cars are going by and I'm fantasizing about who's going to pick me up. <laughs> and over pulls a black Volkswagen Jetta and the door opens and it is a girl my age, which was remarkable in and of itself. She was a, a, a Zaftig girl. Mm. You mean heavy and Jewish? She was both. Well, I wouldn't even not, say not heavy, but 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 she was confident. She was she was full figured girl. Mm. She was she was dark, J- Jewish Hispanic, oh. and she was new wave. Oh, she was like God. one of those girls in those Hernandez brothers comics. Oh God! You know what I'm talking about? Like now? She probably had stuff on her rearview mirror. She had some stuff on her rearview mirror. She mm-hmm. had an extra earring or two. Mm-hmm. And the two of us drove from San Francisco all the way up to Olympia, Washington together. And she played Berlin. The, at the time, new Berlin album, the one that came out in 1988 or whatever album that was. Mm. And I got into that car pretty convinced that I had no interest in Berlin or Missing Persons. And she played Berlin and Missing Persons, basically. The entire way. And it was oh, a deeply shaping experience for me. So that the music of Berlin and Missing Persons now will send me into a reverie where I float. In, I float in, on this cloud. You're, trans- you're transported on a, this, on a pile of Bozio. I, I'm, I'm transported in a, in a, in a, on a cloud shaped like a, like a black Jetta. Mm. And it just floats me up the Pacific coast. And I, 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 I will not hear a bad word spoken about either of those bands. No. I used to, Can I tell you about I, the time I met Terry, Bo- Terry Bozio? Do you mean the, the singer? Yeah. No. What, what era? <laughs> it was like 10 years ago. Nice. I was... I was uh, Is this the off-ramp? No, I was riding my bike <laughs> down the street. <laughs> and... Uh, only a nobody walks in Seattle. Uh, um, and uh, I'm driving through Pioneer Square, and um, I'm driving past this club that doesn't exist anymore. I'm sorry. I, I, I just keep imagining a 40-year-old woman in a plastic uh, bikini. Oh, wait. No, no. I'm talking about Dale Bozio, not Terry. Terry was her, Terry was her husband. <clears throat> he was the drummer. Right. And, uh, and so I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm riding my bike and I, and there's this tiny, tiny, tiny little girl with blue, like a big shock of blue hair, uh, standing out in, in front of this club that, that no longer exists. And as I ride by on my bike, I look down and she looks up and I, I don't know where it came from. I didn't, I don't know how I remembered her name, but I was like, <gasps> It's it's Dale Bozio, and I think they actually pronounce it Bozio, and I might have even said Bozio, but I was like, it's Dale Bozio, and she goes, yeah, hi. Oh, my God. Hi, who are you? And I screeched my bike to a halt, and I jump off, and I'm like, hi, my name's John, you know, and she's standing there with like a roadie and her bass player, 
at the stage door of this club. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I am uh, I'm actually a massive fan. I know that that sounds strange, uh, but, uh, but I actually am. And she was like, oh, are you coming to the show tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, because she's Edith Bunker. Because she's absolutely speaks <laughs> Is like she Edith. Bronxy? She's so East Coast. Are you coming to the show tonight? Didn't <laughs> <laughs> need no welfare state. Everybody's pulse his weight. They all almost sound great. And I said, I didn't know that you were playing a show tonight. And she was like, oh, yeah, we're playing with Tommy Tuco. <laughs> Do it, Tommy Tuco. I'm fucking definitely coming to the show tonight. And she was like, I'll put you on the list. Fuck you. Are you serious? No, so she puts me on the you list. You got comped by Abazio? Yeah. And so I come back. And she's, she's, I swear shit. to you, she's five feet tall. She's four feet tall. She's like four foot three. I never, I would guess she's statuesque. No, no, no. She looked exactly the same as oh she did in her God. MTV days. I mean, she was wasn't she wearing, wearing lots plastic of that, like, pancake bra. makeup. She had, she had all kinds of crazy makeup, but it oh wasn't pancake It was just like, I'm crazy. And I put on my own makeup. <laughs> So I come to the show, and first of all, Tommy Two Tone is opening, and he plays. I, I, I have a pretty I, good idea what he plays. I kid you not. No, no, no. This is did the best part. It, did they play it twice? He played for an hour and forty-five minutes as the <laughs> oh, opener. Oh God, no! And and, 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 I, and there were like forty people in this club that could that could seat seven hundred people. <laughs> and he played. He played eight six seven four. Five three oh nine or whatever, but then he played, he played eight six seven five three oh nine revisited, which was his new from his latest album, his new version of the of the song that made him great. You know, Tommy Tommy three tone, where it was like where where he had he basically rewrote the tune. I mean, his set was was an example of how not to do the casino circuit, right? And then she comes out on stage with the missing persons who were five guys in their Mm twenties who all looked like they had auditioned for, uh, Marilyn Manson's band and, you know, and didn't have an interesting enough serial killer name. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was like, you know, like eyeliner. Oh, there was so much eyeliner and so many like weird piercings and, you know, and the guitar player's name was something like, uh, like Rosalind Gein, something like that. Or it's like, what? Did, what? Did, I don't get it. I mean, I get. I, well, anyway, like all these twenty-year-olds, and then she comes out on stage, and I uh, it was it was such a tragedy. She was so on cocaine. Oh man, that Gapped and at out. the time. So at the time, what was I? I was thirty-three. She she couldn't have been much more than 48 let's say still a a very handsome woman although a little bit a little bit road worn let's say but she comes out on stage and when i talked to her she was uh, outside the stage door for 10 minutes or whatever she was a very reasonable normal seeming rock and roll person but she walks on stage and she's so full of cocaine that she cannot focus and she's walking around she's adjusting people's amps she's trying to talk to the guitar player while he's playing a song oh god she's yelling at the sound man but she's not yelling into her microphone she forgets that there's a microphone there and she's standing the band is like cranking away on a tune and she's like to the sound man 
she'd sing a verse and then and then forget to go to the chorus. She's wandering around the stage like a bag lady. And it was so depressing. I didn't even stay to see them play Destination Unknown. Oh no. I was like, this is terrible. I can't I can't uh, uh I, I can't watch this. It's a it's 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 all coming apart. How did you imagine no, no, how did, how did you imagine it going? Can I ask? I mean I have a pretty good idea. <sighs> this is the problem with being with getting old. Mm-hmm. Is that Dale Dale Bazio? I'm going to settle on Bazio. Yeah, Dale Bazio, and uh, who was the girl uh, that wore uh, electrical tape on her nipples? Uh, Wendy O. Williams. Wendy O. Williams. Um, these these women had a had a, a a profound effect on my burgeoning early. They're very comfortable with their bosoms. Sexuality. Mm-hmm. They were comfortable with their bosoms. They were some of the first bosoms I'd seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, you just didn't fir- see a lot of ladies with bosoms out in a chainsaw. You didn't. This is back. This is back before Madonna made it even popular to wear a shirt that exposed your belly button. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to remember how those are different how, times. Different how times. Conservative it was. Mm-hmm. Certainly, these were some of the first boobs I saw in motion. Mm. You never forget that. Playboy boobs. They make, a no- they make a very quiet, they make a little noise. Yeah. Mm. The little sort of flap, flap sound. God, I'm sorry, John. That's brutal. But in any case, I, I, I was hoping that I was going to be a teenager again and that she was going to be a young woman in her 20s and that I could redo my whole life. And uh, she would call me under the tour bus and off we would go and it would be 1983 mm-hmm. again. And, and I, I would put a lot of gel in my hair. I wouldn't have had all those experiences in college. I wish I could forget. And instead, it was just that she was on cocaine and I was in my 30s riding a bike. <laughs> and none of, oh my God, I'm looking on the internet. This is terrible to do, especially when you're doing a podcast. But yeah. there's a, there's a, uh, a picture of Dale Bazio. Uh, it's a mug shot. Oh no. Where she was put in jail. For her oh. animal cruelty conviction. Oh dear me, those are big. Bra- those are big braids. Thirteen animal cruelty charges stemmed from Bazio's failed attempt to save feral and sick cats from the New Hampshire woods. Two cats were found dead, and twelve were put down following an undeterminable period of neglect that came to a head while Bazio toured last fall. That that sounds like scrapbooking. Oh my god! My oh, she's goodness. A, she's a cat lady, and oh dear. Mm. New Hampshire. You know, people think of people out west think of New Hampshire as kind of like an idyllic uh place where Bob Newhart owns a hotel mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of picket fences and uh it's a there's a a library that has a bell tower maybe in the town. Um and the 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 biggest problem they have is maybe that there's still a Soviet spy who's waiting to be activated as a Manchurian candidate kind of situation. But in fact, most of New Hampshire, people have Corvettes up on blocks in front of their trailer homes. It, uh, New England is some of the craziest, um, like, methy, weird America is you that right? possibly find. Yeah, It really is. It's strange. Because coming from the, coming from the West Coast, when I first went to New England... I really expected that the biggest problem I would have was just dealing with headless horsemen. <laughs> you know, I which assume, is not an inconsiderable problem. I assumed there were headless horsemen. Uh, but you, pre- you, were, you were prepared for that. I was prepared for headless horsemen. I knew not to walk down any country lanes in the middle of the night. Although I, I did do that, and I was accosted by headless horsemen. 
But I was not prepared for the fact that there were just going to be like weird, trashy, drug dealery people wandering around towns where the shops were all boarded up. And, uh, and just what like a, it, it just felt like, it felt like some of those towns in Southern Arizona had been relocated to a kind of woodsy colonial looking place. Mm. Um, really, it's a very strange part of the world, New England. I thought, I thought it was kind of like a New England version of like Utah. Are people really taciturn gun owners in, in New Hampshire? Is that well, purely a Matthew thing? Much more, you know, Vermont is the place where they are all like kind of Bellingham-y. That's what I was going to say, yeah. And then New Hampshire is much more sort of live free or die. That's their motto. Live free or die. Did the big granite face guy break? The big granite faced guy broke? I think so, yeah. I think it's, it was like, I think it's on the quarter. I mean, not the broken one, the one that was uh, functional. Yeah, you know about this, right? The, the the grand old granite New Hampshire granite face. The grand old granite New Hampshire face. Oh, oh. I think oh, Josh like, just signed them recently. It's a it's like a, it's like a natural bridge or something. It's a it's old a, man of the mountain. Old man of the mountain. And he broke? His face broke? Well, I'm just saying, you know, life is complicated. And if if uh, you know, if there were oh my goodness, Freezing and thawing open fissures in the old man's forehead. I love Philip Larkin. Oh. And by the 1920s, the crack was wide enough to be mended with chains. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, the formation collapsed to the ground between midnight and 2 a.m., May 3rd, 2003, just about oh. when the meth problem started. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's oh, a, that's what a, a disaster. shame. Look at that. It's on disaster. a quarter. It's on a quarter. Well, it's one of those things where uh, in the state of Alaska, uh, there uh, are probably 15,000 rock formations that that actually look like a man that you could identify, like that actually look like Herbert Hoover or Alan Alda or something. <laughs> like, potato, are, like potato chips? There are so many rock formations in Alaska that, uh, that if you wanted to, you could, you, could, you could put them on a quarter. But in New Hampshire, I understand that their like, weird little man on a mountain is something that they're real proud about. Now he's gone. The, there's a picture. There's a picture. It's a very wistful picture that shows through an overlay where the old man oh, would be oh, if he were the still old there. Man of the mountain. A composite image of the old man created from images taken before and after the collapse. Yeah, I we actually had one of those in our backyard in Alaska. It was four thousand feet taller than that one, though. Really? It was like a, it wasn't a Hoover. Was it a Hoover? Who'd you have? Nobody cared about it. That's a shame. Uh, no, no. The the one that the one that was in my backyard actually kind of looked like Ed Asner. <laughs> <laughs> 